This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. A man, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own life, your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Excuse me. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Newborn Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, for Simeon and Anna, life had been a life of waiting and hoping for the consolation of Israel, the coming of the Messiah. There had been little encouraging, little encouragement for them, save the remembered promise of God. In their waiting, we can imagine that they bore the burden of the spiritual history of their people. It had been a tortured history, marked by the counterpoint of human perversion, 
and divine mercy. From heirs of God's gracious covenant with Abraham to slavery in Egypt. From exile from Egypt to the idolatry of the golden calf. From a new land in Palestine to exile in Babylon. From return to their land to domination by Rome. All along this historical journey, the road was littered with injustices and apostasy. But the sins of the people were again and again met by God's steadfast love and forgiveness. The pulse beat of sin and grace that is Israel's history is in a real sense the pulse beat of all human history. And all that history of their people was in the bones of Simeon and Anna. Then, by whatever gift of the Spirit, they came to realize that the child before them was indeed the hoped for Messiah. Simeon's song of praise upon holding the baby Jesus captures our attention. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. This is the formal language used then for the freeing of a slave. Simeon and Anna are freed from the years of anxious waiting, freed from slavery to an as yet unfulfilled promise, no longer enthralled to their devoted vigil of fervent hope, freed to go in peace. For Simeon and Anna, the wait was over. God was freeing the people from their burden of history and renewing them in their vocation to be witnesses of God's salvation, a light to enlighten the Gentiles. For Simeon and Anna, the wait was over. But when will we be free? When will our wait? be over. Like Simeon and Anna, the outrages of human history are stored up in our bones. Even if we just look at the history of our own young nation, we find a checkered pattern of greatness and tragedy. A country of freedom and prosperity, bravery and self-sacrifice, blended with a history of treachery against Native Americans, slavery and civil war, explosions of greed, injustice, and gun violence. In a nation so divided, is there any real sense that things will change? We live in hope, like Simeon and Anna. Well, what was their hope, and what is our hope? If Simeon and Anna expected a Messiah like their people expected, one who would lead them out of captivity from Rome, that was not the freedom that the Messiah was to bring. And it is, not all, it is also not the sort of freedom that is the promise of Christmas for us either. The promise of Christmas is far greater. It is the promise that God is with us to draw us to the future that the Christ child has come to reveal as his life unfolds from Bethlehem to Calvary to the open tomb. It is the future of life and peace. It is the future of God's shalom. 
Shalom, the Hebrew word for peace, captures the biblical understanding of peace. It is a huge idea and a marvelous promise. God's shalom means the end of war and the form and all forms of death-dealing hostility. Shalom means harmonious community where differences are respected and conflicts are resolved in love and mutual acceptance. Shalom is peace of mind and tranquility of spirit. To be at peace with those near and dear to you where love flows freely, that too is shalom. Shalom is wholeness and health of body and spirit. Shalom is communion and union with one another and with God. Shalom is hope for all creation that it may flourish. The ultimate triumph of God's shalom sustains our hope in the face of our own history and the often troubled history of our world. It calls us forward to seek the promises of God's future in our present. In other words, to go in peace is to go. To go to be an agent of God's peace, God's shalom. This is the church's call, to go in peace as agents of peace. Simeon echoed Israel's call to be a light to the Gentiles. So we, the heirs of that call, are sent to bring the light of God's shalom to all the world. And given that all that shalom stands for, to be an agent of God's peace is, to say the least, a tall order. It is certainly tempting, then, to seek peace in one's own spiritual life of prayer and worship and give up on the world. Just leave the troublemakers of this world to their own devices. But the birth of the Christ child, God with us deep in our flesh, is a clear sign that God has not given up on the creation. God has affirmed our bodily existence and the entire creation with it. The birth of the Christ child, who would be called the Prince of Peace, foreshadows his destiny, the destiny, the arrival of God's peaceable kingdom that Isaiah prophesied in these stunningly beautiful words. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child shall put its hand in the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This vision is part of the promise of Christmas. It is our gift as part of the church in the world to be agents of this peaceable kingdom. As the new year, insofar as the new year brings thoughts about future, God's future of peace is a suitable goal for us to seek in the year to come.
We long for peace, as did Simeon and Anna. We long for peace in our spirit, in our lives, and in our world. And lo and behold, these things that we pray for, God has said, you can be involved in them. You can be involved in what you pray for. You are with me and I am with you in the cause of my peace, says the Lord, because you have my peace. Paul spells it out in the epistle for today. It is his Christmas message that the birth of Christ means you are no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, then also an heir. Simeon was dismissed from his slavery to the burden of his people's history. Now we are freed from the slavery to sin, to be God's children, heirs of God's shalom. God's forgiveness in Christ has set us free to go in peace. We pursue as individual Christians and as a church the things that make for peace, a readiness to forgive and heal the breaches, a spirit of humility in the face of differences, a spirit of acceptance, Advocacy for justice, for justice is the foundation of earthly peace. Advocacy for the health needs of our neighbors and the health needs of our planet. Support for leaders who are peacemakers, champions of diplomacy and consensus. These are just a few hints, a few hints of what is the lifelong task of the Christian community to explore and unpack as its vocation. This is a wonderful part of our worship to share the peace with one another. I remember a time at the seminary when I was seriously at odds with a very close colleague of mine over a very deeply disturbing issue. At the sharing of the peace in our weekly Eucharist, I sought him out, and the act of the two of us sharing the peace with one another restored our friendship. It was an avenue of forgiveness and acceptance in Christ that flowed through our clasped hands and made peace between us. When we share the peace with each other, we are doing more than just greeting each other and being friendly. We are bestowing God's peace of forgiveness and new life on one another. We are stating our acceptance of each other as sisters and brothers in Christ. We are affirming our calling as agents of peace. It is, if you will, a continuing New Year's resolution. The sharing of the peace is a sharing of grace, the gift of the Christ child. Oh, what a great privilege we have. Shalom.